for us sort of the um, the wellspring of, of uh, inspiration is from drawing from all of these other areas that are disparate from each other and then trying to connect it with the spirit of this like fun and adventurous music that was being created in the 70s where people didn't have those boundaries yet. We want to try and tap into that sort of initial inspiration that we all had when we first heard, you know, the gateway drug to metal that we had and try to like re-express that excitement that we had when we were teenagers or kids by just drawing from everything that we think is cool and that we think is inspiring. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I've got my brother Quentin with me. That was the voice of Mr. Phil Pendergast, a guitar player and lead vocalist for the metal band Chemis. And that is who we're going to talk about today. And I just love what he said there, Q. Um, you probably didn't hear what he was saying because you were talking the whole time. The clip was playing. <laughs> Sorry. No, I heard him. Um, so these are basically metal fans that are just pulling from all of their favorite, like, you know, like their all their favorite moments of, of metal and what makes it great, and they're just playing music based off of all those, like, different parts. Uh, sure. So let me, let me give more context to like the interview question. Cause I didn't play that in there, but basically they were having a conversation. This was a, like a, I think the, it was called like bucket list rock reviews or interviews or something like that. Some YouTube channel. Um, and he was asking him and they were sort of talking about like how pigeonholed, um, specifically metal, but it could apply to rock music as well. Like how sometimes bands get pigeonholed with the genre that's put on them, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they get called um, doom metal all the time. And we'll kind of talk about why they get called that later. But he was talking about how, like, from the beginning, like, they've just set out to, like, their main goal was to capture, uh, recapture that, that sense of adventure and, like, excitement that they had when they were kids, like teenagers, and, and listened to their first metal album, sort of the gateway metal album, whatever that was for them, like recapturing that, that excitement that they had when they first heard metal and just putting that on the album. And, you know, I've been listening to and and reading a ton of interviews from these guys today and yesterday. And these guys are, you even said it, Q, you said nerd when you, when we were here, when we were playing that, (laughs) but you're right, dude, these guys are music and metal nerds and, and they are, they are knowledgeable about the history of, of metal and rock. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about all that a little bit more, but you could kind of hear it there. Like the, like these guys are like scholars of, of metal, you know, and they bring that's awesome. Dude. Everything to the table 
on this project yeah. and like you can hear it. So it really is. It's hard to, to, to pigeonhole them into one sound like they, they've created their own their own sound. So anyway, um, similar to how we, we we've done this a couple times in the past, we're not going to focus on one album. Uh, instead, I'm going to okay. play a track from each of their three releases that they put out so far. Um, well, let me just say this real quick, dude. Yeah. And anyone who's been listening to this podcast long enough knows I am unfamiliar with metal. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, you know, it's just not something that I listen to on my own time. Right. So I'm excited to get into a band that, like you just said, these guys are nerds for metal and they're in a metal band. Like, I'm excited to hear what these guys can, can bring to the table. I'm super stoked, dude. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, we're just going to dive right into the music. But, you know, as per usual, I got to bring some history to the table first. Although I'm, I'm realizing that it, it might not be appropriate for this band because they, they've actually said in several interviews that they, they don't really like the label Doom Metal. But that's the label that was thrown on them um, probably because of their first record. But I wanted to, to give just a quick little snippet of, of Doom Metal history largely considered to be sort of like the the starting point for the doom metal genre is Black Sabbath's Master of Reality, which came out in 1971. We talked about this on the Black Sabbath episode that we did. So go back and listen to that um, if you like Sabbath and you want to hear us, or if you want to hear me nerd out about Black Sabbath and you want to hear Quentin get confused by it, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'm going to play a quick clip. I th- I'm pretty sure we've played this clip on this podcast. I think it actually it might have been the very first episode. I think this was our outro track for the Alice in Chains episode. But when you hear the the guitar sound on this song, that this is sort of considered the doom metal sound. So anyway, um, this is a song called Into the Void, and uh, it's largely considered to be sort of like the the birth of, of the doom metal sound. And mostly it's the guitar sound uh, that we're interested in here. So I'm just going to play just a little bit of the intro. <laughs>
Okay, so like slow, like drudgy, you know? So interestingly enough, that particular guitar sound sounds like it almost happened as not necessarily an accident, but there was a reason that he was tuning his guitars down. So apparently uh, Tony Iommi, the guitar player for Black Sabbath, he had a factory accident back in the day, which like severed the tips of two of his fingers on his guitar hand or his fret hand. So like it was painful for him to, um, to hold down the guitar notes. So like tuning the guitar down like one and a half steps reduced the tension of the strings and made it less painful for him to play. And so he did that. And then geezer Butler, the bass player, tuned down to match Iomi. So like, I love that, that like that sound that has now become associated with, with doom metal and just that heavier metal sound happened because Tony Iommi uh, was experiencing some pain in his fingers because of a accident he had a few years back. And so he tuned down his guitar to help with that. I mean, I just love that. Uh, kind of stuff. I mean that dude, that's crazy to me that if he's the first one to do this, it could have sounded like shit. And then, like, what would he have done in that case? But the fact that it sounded like this is really cool, that it's just it's just random like that. It was, like, it, it just paired perfectly with, with just their whole vibe, you know? That's really cool, though. Okay, so that's that's all I want to talk about with that. Um, so to you, the question you had earlier about, like, what makes doom metal doom metal? Yeah. It's, the characteristics of it are, like, that slower guitar sound. Right, so the 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 rhythms and the and the melodies are like, it almost sounds it's like molasses almost. You know, it's just really slow moving uh, melodies and stuff. But that helps with the that that like feeling of impending doom and stuff, along with the lyrics, which are usually about you know grief, desolation, yeah, isolation, like you know depression, right, right. Because like for me, not not a metal fan. There is a lot of metal where the guitar lines are super fucking fast. Right, that's and that's that's associated with thrash metal. And and here's the thing. It's not to say that doom metal never gets fast. So, um the next clip I got here. So in 1984, two American bands, one called Saint Vitus and another band called Trouble released their debut albums and those two albums are considered to be sort of the first, like, official, quote-unquote, doom metal albums. So they took what, uh, sort of the template, sort of the the ingredients of the Sabbath guitar sounds, like the slow, sludgier kind of guitar and the drop tuning and all that kind of stuff, and then just made a whole album out of it, right? Same with lyrically and all that kind of stuff. So I've got... Um, I've got a clip here from from Trouble's first album. It's called Psalm 9. Uh, This is called Revelation, Life or Death.
Okay, so as you heard there, right, that was a little bit faster, right? Now it 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 sort of uh, went back to, but it still has that. It, it still kind of like drags on. Well, well, hold on a minute. Drags on. I don't think it's the right <laughs> word to use here. What do you mean by drags okay. on? I mean, what what I mean is like it. It kind of seems like it, like it changes up tempo. Yeah, yeah. Like throughout the song, to where it seems like you're kind of catching up to it. I don't know how to explain it, dude. Hey, I'm a I'm a metal novice. Here, all right, okay. All right. So, Q, um, it's not strange or like unique to have a metal song with uh, tempo changes or like different tempo parts changes. to it. Okay. Or, you know, a lot of times, okay. metal songs, especially the the, the chemist stuff that we're going to play today, can be you know, eight minutes long, 10 minutes or even longer. Metal music okay. often goes in and out of different tempos and, 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 and sounds and different parts and stuff. Kind of like how we were talking about, um, you know, progressive rock, right? It had those different movements and stuff. Like metal does that all the time. Um, okay. So anyway, with this song by Trouble, you know, we picked up right in the middle, right? But then, like you said, it switched and went kind of slower again. Yeah, that's the intro of the song. That's that that uh, okay. melody. They they circle back okay. to the beginning. Uh, so anyway, I think that song plus Sabbaths into the Void that gives you a good idea, or I think it's a good it's a good segue into the sound of of Chemist. So let's get into Chemist. I know we just kind of re- we rushed over that, but I just you know. I can't help myself. I wanted to play a few clips just to sort of set the stage. So anyway, like they were saying, or like Phil was saying in the interview clip about how they wanted to recapture the excitement that they had when they were teenagers and they they listened to whatever metal album it was that was sort of their gateway drug. Phil actually talks about Judas Priest all the time. So that's that's that was his gateway drug into metal. So I got to be honest, when I first heard chemists and, and my intro to them was their second album hunted like they they pulled it off like when i heard it i just like they said like i was i found my i found myself like excited again you know like cool like hearing a a, a band a metal band sort of was like sparked that that like he was saying sense of like adventure and like excitement and stuff like it, it, it was that's something else awesome man so that's awesome and now q i'm i'm hoping that that this is your these guys end up being your gateway into metal i'm, so I'm telling you right that, now man, man if there's I'm a so ready if there's a band that can do it it's it's these guys so let uh, me just ask you real quick dude yeah real quick when what age were you when you got into metal i should have asked you this at the beginning of the episode probably Thir- you were in your teens. Yeah, I was probably 13 or 14. Okay, dude, I'm 32. I find I'm it, I find I'm, it I'm, odd. I'm waiting for it, man. Okay, all right. I mean, you were exposed to it because I, I would listen to it in the car and stuff, right? I mean... Right. And it, But you, you just, what did you just it, like... I did... Did you just have... Nothing... You just had show I, tunes I, in your head the whole time or something? I, I, yeah, just nothing... You know, okay. Nothing got me. Well, I think so I think let's do it. Yeah, man. I think Kimis is today's the day. This is it. We've arrived. This, this is it. Kimis is the band that's going to do it. Well, let's do it, man. Okay. So, I've got a little bit more info to share about the second and third albums. 
uh, more so than the first one. So we'll just get right into the the first clip um, from their first album. This is called Absolution. The name of the song that I'm going to play, it's called Ash Cinder Smoke. And it's track two. It's uh, about seven minutes long, so I broke it up into two different pieces. But um, this is a really good sort of intro into this band and sort of what they bring to the table. So here we go. Becky, what's your first impression? Okay, dude. First off, I loved it. Okay. I, th- I think what stands out to me... This is encouraging. Um, I'm encouraged right okay, now. So, okay. The only um, like kind of music that I can compare this to is as far as music that I've dove into the, the myself you, that you have, in the past. That you have um, a familiarity with. I, I know what you're yes. about to say. Okay. Uh, and... 
I mean, this is such a blanket term, but emo music. Okay. It's, it's specifically bands like, um, like Every Time I Die or Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's specifically the melody, like, and and the way that that he sings. Yeah. So that's one of the things to me that makes that makes them really unique is is Phil as a vocalist. Um, okay. He he's and he, then they yeah, and they they've got they've got the um, like the juxtaposition with his you know really pretty vocals. Yeah. And then you've got the guy that's fucking screaming, or maybe they're both screaming together. But like, it's that back and forth that makes me think of those emo bands from the early two thousands that both of us got into when we were in high school. Sure, yeah, yeah. I love um, you, dude. Yes. Okay. Well, if you love that dude, get ready because it only gets better from <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready, man. It only gets better from here. So, um, two two things that that make them really stand out: the vocals, like you said, already talked about. Um, but per- particularly Phil Pendergast and his clean vocal delivery, right? Because usually mm-hmm. in, in metal music, you're going to have a little bit of a, you know, a little a, a little bit of uh, gruffness to the voice, right? Sure. Now he now um, the guitar player who sings the the uh, secondary vocals. His name is Ben Hutcherson. He's the lead guitar player, but he does sort of the screaming, growling voice. Obviously, he's providing the the opposite to that, right? I was watching this um, this guy do a review of their third album, and I got to find his name because he was really he had a I, I really loved the guy. He had a great passion for for metal. You could tell, but the way he described it, and I like the way that that he that he referred to it as um, good guy or good cop bad cop vocals. Oh, okay, I like That's that. Cool. I like that I like that, that yeah. idea of that, right? But he was talking just like how you said, like he. It reminded him more of, he didn't say specifically emo, but he said metalcore, which I think is is bands like The Used and stuff like that, um, where it's exactly kind of what you're saying. It's not straight emo, but it's, you know, somewhere in between, right? So, like I said, the vocals is one thing that makes them stand out. The second thing is the guitar playing. And a lot of times they do this dual guitar thing that you're going to I noticed hear. it in that clip. Yeah. And they do yeah. it. They do it better than than almost anybody ever. Like no, so, no, I was no gonna, uh, yeah. Like again, I'm 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 new to this. Yeah, is that not something that you hear a lot in metal, or in doom metal, or you know, no, whatever ju- kind dude, of it, fucking it, flavor it's, it's you want to throw on there? It's not something you hear very often. Period, dude. Really? No, I mean, yes, it, you hear it, but you don't. But what, you don't hear it executed as well as these guys do. Okay. Um, and cool. so what's funny is like there was an interview that um, I think the bass player said this, that he, he, he jokingly referred to it as a thin Lizzie moment in every song. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, the thing you think of when you think of thin Lizzie is uh, boys are back. I was going to say, dude, like you, you said, these guys are nerds. Like how many people know exactly what you're talking about when you say a thin Lizzie moment, you know? Probably not. I mean, if you if if you know that thin Lizzie is the band that played Boys are back in town, and boys you know that boys are back in town has dual guitars. Then you would yeah. know what I'm talking about. But yeah, they got some. They got some great dual guitars on that song. Okay, so let's play this. Let's play the second clip. I got another clip here from this song. Um, and okay, what I love about this song is how emotional he gets with his his singing. Like he really, you can really feel 
um, the impact of the lyrics as he's singing. So I just want you to pay attention to that. You can really feel that ash, cinder, and smoke. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we're just going to let that hang there for a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, listen to that, and then you're going to hear some awesome guitar work here in just a second. I'm ready. Let's play the second clip.
right, Q. Let's hear your let's hear your thoughts on the on the vocals at the end there. Because this okay, is what this dude. is where people this is where people <laughs> either jump ship or they stay on and and, and just okay. hold on. Here's what I was thinking. Um, I'm not going to jump ship. Okay. I'm into it. Uh, let me just say that I'm just so happy that we, as a species, <laughs> deci- has de- has decided. Where are you going with this? That <laughs> it, you know, in all the hundreds of maybe thousands of years that we've been, you know, making melodies and, and, and you know, music was is a part of, of us as a species. We decided that guttural screaming is something that we want to listen to. Uh, here's the funny thing, Q. What did early man probably do all the fucking time, dude? Gutter, you- guttural screams. Hey. You know? Now look, dude. Guttural. You just, are you trying? Screams. Are you trying to say that all cavemen are are dummies? No. What I'm trying to say is. Now look, I will say that it, it as a as a fan of metal, I don't gravitate toward that style of singing myself. And that's when probably did it start, dude. Ah, uh, man, I've looked this up before, but it goes back to the to the '80s. A lot of people say that there, there's a song by I, the by the Who. That actually no way no. Oh, Boris the Spider. Yes, exactly. People oh point. My God, people point dude. to. I, I, now they were doing it purely as like, but they pointed that as like, hey, that's when sort of like, yeah, a really popular band did sort of that. I love that song, guttural screaming. But anyway, dude, I love that song. Well, a lot of people say that's where it came from. Wow. Um. So anyway, uh, yes, I like. I totally get it. It's not for me necessarily either. Um, okay. I but like it. I like it in small being, doses, which is why I kept. That being said, yeah, go ahead. Like you said earlier, you know, quoting that one, um, that one person. Yeah. Uh, good cap, good cop, bad cop, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I love the the melodic singer. I, I love his voice. I love his delivery. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that good cop, bad cop dynamic works. Yeah. Totally. And okay. I'm, so and I'm into it too. Yeah. They do it really well. And so here's the thing. We've had this conversation on this podcast before, but uh, I like to think about metal music in the same way that that, that um, you think about horror movies, Like right? horror. horror. Yes. Yeah, dude. It's that's, the perfect, that's fucking great, man. Perfect, I, right? I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get it. People, sometimes people, you know, people, you know, they, they see a trailer for some sort of horror movie or they, they go and watch a horror movie and, and they're like disgusted by it and they have no idea why people would get any sort of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Same thing when you hear a song like this. Um, I think. Well, uh, let me, let's put it this way. I, I, I totally get that with, uh, there's a lot of like the, like the shock, like gore films. I'm yeah. Not into it. Like Saw. But there, there, but there are, yeah. Hostile. But exactly. Gore porn. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you want to keep that in, but yeah, that's what it's called. But torture porn. Yeah. Yeah. But the the genre as a whole, like as a as a as an entertaining experience in the theater or whatever. Yeah. I get it and I appreciate it and I totally understand why it, it, it's something that that we gravitate towards as a species because it's like you, you're going into it in a safe space. Yeah. And you're allowing your, you know, your mind to, to get into these uncomfortable, 
uh, bizarre and scary situations, you know, like yeah. it, it's important to, to get into that, that mind space. Yeah. Cause you can, you, you can walk out of it unharmed, you know, unharmed, but changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, it allows you to feel fear without any yeah. sort of consequences. It's so, like, it's like going on a roller coaster. Yes, exactly. So, for the same reason that, like you just said, roller coasters feeling fear and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. metal music allows you to feel things like adrenaline that yeah. other music just doesn't let you feel. Like there are when when a when there's a good, you know, metal guitar riff or a great guitar solo, it makes you feel things that that other other songs just can't do. So yeah, okay, so. Um, Kimis has had this really interesting trajectory. So like Hunted comes out and they are put on number 11 of Rolling Stone's 20 best metal albums of 2016 and number one for Decibel Magazine's 40 best metal albums. So this gives them all sorts of critical acclaim and attention. That's how they got on my radar because I was looking at Decibel Magazine's list and I just wanted to hear what the number one record was. And so I put it on and I was absolutely blown away. I had that moment that I was talking about where I felt like that same sense that I had when I heard metal for the first time, you know? I mean, dude, that is just such a huge compliment to a metal band. Like you get that, that well, the funny thing is on wonder, like the first yeah. time you've ever heard metal and you're, you're experiencing that again. That's amazing. Well, like I really, the, the funny thing is until I heard him say it on the interview, I yeah. I didn't I wouldn't have put it in those words, but okay. like but like, it's it's absolutely true. Like, yeah, that's when I awesome. when I went when I reflect back on it and every yeah. w- with every album that they've put out, um, yeah, it's true. I mean, he they did it, you know. So anyway, yeah. um, like I said earlier, Absolution is a little bit doomier, quote unquote, than this album and the one after it. I feel like they have they've sort of found. They've always known who they were, but I think with Hunted and Desolation, they have like locked in and like they figured them out. They figured out what they want to do and and who they want to be. And okay. they, they even said in, in some interviews that like the stuff that they know worked well for them on Absolution, like his vocals and like the dual guitars, they like dialed that stuff up on the next album. So anyway, um, let's get into it. Um, this song is probably my favorite chemist song, period. It's called Beyond the Door. And uh, we got, it's a long, the song is nine minutes long and we're going to play the whole thing, but we're going to chop it up in three pieces. Um, but the cue, get ready to, to, to love this band, dude. This song is epic. And I hate to use that word because I feel like that word has been like bastardized by pop yeah. culture, but like, I don't know how else to describe it. So right. here we go. This song is called Beyond the Door.
gets me every time, dude. The song gets me every time, man. <laughs> uh, okay, let me tell you what I liked about it. Whew. Uh, yeah. Um, so I love how after the the first verse, mm-hmm. you know, after after the line spreading like a cancer in me, yeah, it it quiets down to like it just quiets down to to like one guitar line, uh-huh. and it's not as distorted. And then in that second verse or or the second uh, movement or whatever you want to call it, yeah. The drum beat kind of changes up, and it's more a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, not dancey, but like it, it's 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 not something you would expect to hear in a metal song. Well, like you said, um, the music changes, right? Like there is definitely a buildup happening on this song, uh-huh. and um, Metallica did it really well with. Um, like this is a song that I think everybody knows, so it's an easy one to talk about. You know okay. the song. You've heard one, right? Oh yeah, dude. Okay. The lyrics of that song, like he's like, it's about a soldier who is injured and is essentially like letting go and dying and passing on. Like he's one with like, that's the name. That's the song is called one, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's about like letting go and just becoming like one with like death basically. And so like the guitar solo, I've always seen the guitar solo in one as him, releasing himself and dying basically okay yeah Yeah. so this song okay so let's talk about um the themes of this song because it's actually the theme of the entire album um phil pendergast the lead singer um had a story about his one of his friends uh experiences like sleep paralysis uh like frequently that shit um, just fucking amazes it's, me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? It's something else. You, have you ever experienced it? Not to the extent that some people have. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've had some degrees of it, but not. Yes, yeah, not, not, I, I, not, I've not never re- seen anything before. I have. I have definitely woken up to where I, I can't fucking move. Like, yes, I'm awake. Yes, and it it is. It's fucking terrifying. It's dude. it's it's, it's, it's really you, you unnerving. Sort of panic a little bit. Yeah, you have to kind of like like, will yourself out of it. Yes, dude. Yes, but you know, no, I I have never felt a presence, which is something that a lot of people that that suffer this, right? They feel like there's some something like hovering over them. Something is in the room, right? Getting back to the the theme of this song here, he had a friend who experiences frequent sleep paralysis, and he was telling him about how uh, the house that he grew up in, or something like that out of the window, you could see the middle school down the road. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was experiencing, he woke up and was experiencing sleep paralysis one night and out the window, the, the middle school was on fire. Ooh. So um, Phil sort of took that idea. And the, the idea behind this song is that what happens if you wake up in, uh, and you're in sleep paralysis, but the room you're in is on fire and you can't escape. Because you're and in it's sleep paralysis. Literally, literally on fire. on fire. And so you're in sleep paralysis. You don't know if it's actually on fire or is it? Yeah. But if you're in sleep paralysis, you right. can't move. But you so right. if you look at the lyrics here, there is yeah. there is a light dancing upon the windowsill. It draws me in and I begin to realize this is no dream. I won't escape the spreading fire. Immobilized, only my eyes can reflect my fright. I love that. That's Ooh. those are great lyrics, Ooh. man. All right, let's take a quick break, real quick, and then we'll come back and, and play the next uh, clip from this song here. 
All right, so let's play the second clip and uh, get ready to have your face melted with the guitar solo, <laughs> dude. I'm ready, man. As a budding metal fan, like, tell me what, tell me how you, how you felt during that. I didn't get too excited about it until the second half of the solo. Okay. When the, when the, the distortion was cranked up a bit and there was, it was more dual. I mean, it's a really long, yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Cause I mean, it's a really long guitar solo. Um, and it was like, you know what, yawn. And then, yes, you know, to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they sort of tee it up with the dual guitar yeah. lead in. And then, um, Mr. The, the actual sort of the lead guitar player, uh, Ben Hutcherson just kind of mm-hmm. lifts off and fucking flies off into the stratosphere. And you know what? Okay. Let's just, let me, uh, okay. It's one of the best and, guitar solos. I think I, uh, I'll, I'll put it on, on, on my list of, of some of the best guitar work. I've ever okay. heard. Well, I hope that your list has, and this is something, this is like the only, one of the only things I can reference because I, I don't listen to metal. Yeah. 
but the guitar solo in Metallica's one, we talked about it earlier. That to me, still I'm about to is say something. One of those, this one of those moments. It, it, yes, it is. Of course, it is. Okay, no doubt. But, but uh, it's a, it's just a different guitar solo. Yeah, like okay. it's, you know, you can't really compare the two. In okay, my, in my mind. Um, but I, as far as like, and 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 I feel like a lot, a lot of this is because both of us watched and were in awe of Metallica's original S and M. Yes. Uh, concert. Yeah. And yes. And when Kirk, Kirk Hammett plays that solo in that concert, dude, and like being able to actually watch it. Yeah. You know, cause it that was recorded. That concert was recorded, man. That fucking, that still makes me like, it still gives me chills. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that, that just speaks to how powerful that guitar solo is in that moment of that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's all about the build up to it. Um, but, the solo itself, there's nothing particularly like. It's not. No, like, you're right. You know what I mean. You're like, right, dude. Yeah, but, you're right. But, but the reason that because it's such a great solo is because of of what leads what it leads in or what leads up to it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Because that's just what like, you know, good old finger tapping. Yeah, like, right. And, and that's uh, the thing. His like name? Uh, Eddie Eddie, Eddie Van, Van Halen was doing yeah, sure, that shit. Sure. Before, it doesn't before Kirk Hammett was. Yeah. What I've what I've learned over like my years of like listening to rock music and, and metal is that like speed um isn't always the end all be all of a guitar solo, you know? Yeah, right. Not that there wasn't some really impressive speed in this solo by Ben. Well let me let me let's you know what? Maybe I should listen to this out this maybe I should listen to this song from start to finish and not have it split up into three different. Well, that would there. help, but I wasn't going to play yeah. a that song. Sure. 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 No, yeah. and I'm, I'm not dogging you on that. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying like, maybe, maybe the, like, like you said, what makes that, that one solo so impactful is, as everything that leads up to it. So maybe I need to listen to the song all the way through. You definitely need to. All right. So well, let's... we got another clip, dude. Are we going to, are we really going to play a, th- a third clip for this song? What else, what else is there? Are you gonna are you gonna blow my mind again in the same song? I don't know if your mind is gonna be blown, but there is a <laughs> okay. there is a definite third part to the song okay. that we cool. have to kind of hear so you can get the full the full vibe. So here we go. This is the All last right, let's do it. This is sort of the outro of Beyond the Door.
Dude, I I just got chills for the first time tonight. Really? Yeah. What gave you chills? Uh, for starters, so good cop, bad cop. Yeah, right? sure. They, that's definitely uh, the play off the, the back and forth. But but they but that was the first time that I heard them do it, uh, kind of overlapping each other. In yeah. A way, like like, um, and look, looking at the lyrics, it's you know parentheses. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, two different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they're kind of overlapping each other yeah and then like the uh, dude i'm not gonna fucking make the noises with my mouth <laughs> <laughs> why not man okay are, are you uh, gonna try to try to mimic a guitar player? here here let's just let's just let's just replay it okay um let's see if i can find it and then Man, that <laughs> fucking got me good, dude. dude. Cute. You've just taken your first step in a larger <laughs> room, man. Welcome to... Okay. Welcome to... This is it, man. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, my wife's going to be out of town. Okay. And I hate the whole, like, oh, my wife fucking hates the music I listen to. I hate that whole trope. Yeah. But, like, you know, we're, we see eye to eye for, for, with most music. Yes. But like metal and like any, any kind of screaming. Yeah. She's just not into it, dude. Okay. She's going to be out of town for like a week and a half coming up soon. I'm going to have this place all to myself, dude. I say it's time to crank up some chemists and you send me any other metal bands okay. that you think I would be into. I would, I would say play, play all three chemist records from start to finish. Uh, dude, I'm so into that idea. Okay, great. I love it. All and right. you know what? Let me just say this. I, I, I love that I was like, oh, come on, dude. Another look, part three. You're going to play three clips. Come on. And then just this, this, the end of this song just fucking blew my mind, dude. Yeah. And it was totally different from anything else that happened in the song prior to it. And that's yeah. why I wanted to play it. Same with, with the, with the drums. That's so and, funny and to everything. me. Cause, cause dude. I love it. I'm not even going to question it. I love it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all right. So we have another song to play. Correct. I told you what the plan was, dude. Okay. We're gonna play a song from each of their records. So, all right. Now we could play. We could play this all the way through. It's it's about six minutes long, or we could play the two clips. Six uh, minutes, dude. Don't worry about it. All right, we'll Wait, play. All right, we'll, we'll each of these clips are gonna be the 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 song in its entirety. Pretty much. I stopped it. Essentially, My God, dude. It's a, well, let's hey, just play the whole song. No, 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 no. We'll we'll do it in the in the two different parts. All right. All right, so let's play clip one. This is, uh, okay, so, man, hold on. Let me make sure I'm not skipping anything. I mean, at this point, we need to just play, play the tunes here. So, yeah, dude, uh, not, you ain't got to give us any more information. All right, dude. all right. I'll just say this. So, Hunted was about dreams that, that um, Phil has been having his whole life, like as a kid. Some sleep paralysis, that uh, story from his buddy that he incorporated into a song. Desolation. So apparently a lot of, uh, they kind of went through a rough patch as a band, like in their personal lives and stuff in between okay. Hunted and Desolation. And it informed uh, the record. One of the things that he talked about was just becoming like disillusioned with uh, just the whole climate right now that, that America is in. Not, and he well, wasn't okay, coming when, when, when did this album come out? 
2018. Now, okay. Hunted Hunted came out right. in 2016. So we're all we're all on the same page. I right. I feel that fear. Now now he was saying he he the interview that I heard he was not taking one side or the other, but he was saying that just he, he was disillusioned with the way that society is so siloed right now. Yeah, right. Dude, that, I totally that, get it. Yeah. Hope, <laughs> I totally get it. Hopelessness and and, and anger uh, toward looking inside themselves and seeing the commonalities that they have with people, yeah. uh, and that we're basically killing ourselves by refusing to do that is what he said. Um, sure, sure. So anyway, the the thing to to and we're not going to play the song, but. The the last song on the on the album is called From Ruin and it is like he said that this was something he has never done before, but he wanted to write a song about like hope, like a resolution to that. Which is kind of funny to hear like a doom metal guy say, Wow, you know, I've never really sat down and tried to write a hopeful song before. Like what's that gonna be like? But anyway, he said that, you know, he wrote it in like thirty minutes and, and they put it on the album and he said that a lot of people have sort of connected with it and stuff because you know, you know, doom metal, like part of the themes of doom metal and just metal in general is themes of depression and death and all despair this kind of stuff. despair and there's no hope and right. you're suffocating in your own emotions. But yeah, he was he was feeling inspired and just and just wrote down these lyrics and they turned it into a song and threw it at the end. So it's kind of cool that like they said they wanted to close this chapter with like looking forward and with some hope and stuff like that. So the last track, uh, if you want to listen to it, it's called From Ruin. We're not going to play that track, though. We're going to play a track called The Seer. And uh, let's see if we can get some more goosebumps on your cue. All right. So this song is called The Seer. It's off of the 2018 record Desolation.
Alright, Q, where you at? Meh. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah, it's alright. So, the honeymoon's over already? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm into it. No, you're not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liar. Well... All right. I mean, so it was. We've identified that that one guitar part. No, 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 no. Right. Like, dude. Okay. I I need to listen to these albums all the way through. Okay. That's what we preach on I know. this goddamn podcast. This dude. this record. Would, I mean, this this episode would be, you know, three hours long if we played these songs all the way through. Uh, hey, you know what, dude? For, forget it. Let's just scrap all this. We'll start recording again, and we'll just listen to one of their albums all the way through. I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just talk about it afterwards. I would love to do that, but... All right. No, we're not going to do that. All right, so that's that, dude. Um, this is... Uh, it was really tough for me to pick three songs. Yeah. I I feel like this more often than not, which is unfortunate. I feel like I... Like... It's just... I'm not... like. This is not a reflective. Like you, you got to listen to the whole record. I hate that we have to say that to every at the end of every episode, but maybe it should be obvious at this point. I guess what the the goal should be to to get you interested in what we've played. So if you found anything that you liked about those clips, go listen to the album because we right. can't play the whole album from start to finish for you on this podcast. And so a lot of times I, I walk away saying, man, I didn't do it justice. Or like there's interview clips I didn't play that I wanted to play. And this hey, to like, dude, you know what, man? We're, we're, you know, we're, we're bringing you the goods every week, man. Like this is the best we can do. I know. You know? But, uh, the, and you I, know, and, I think you could probably relate to me as somebody who loves sharing music with people. Yes. If you, if you, it's one of those things where like you're introducing somebody to a TV show and you're like, all right, let's, let's play it. And then like, Halfway through the episode, you're like, son of a bitch, this is definitely not the episode I should have played to Dude. introduce somebody yes. to this TV show. How often does yes, that happen, I feel right? like a lot of people can relate to and you're exactly like, God what you just damn said. damn it, it's not fucking funny at all. And you're like, like, man, that, you know these I mean? are half-ass jokes. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> so like, yeah, dude. I'm not saying that happened here on this episode. No, I, I get I, you. I think I picked good songs to play. But Listen, Travis. It's just scratching the surface. Look, dude, you got to remember. You gave you gave me the the bumps of goose, man. All right, that's for the first yeah, time since I. You've played me a lot of metal. That is amazing lot. to me that this dude. Is the I got that, it, right? man. I I felt it. Okay, I well, let me tell it. you something, dude. If you felt it there, yeah. when you when you crank up this these albums in your house and and sit down to enjoy them, you're gonna you're, you get ready to. You're gonna, dude. You're gonna be. You're gonna be floating around your house, dude. Okay. What's it called? Like where you you're gonna reach enlightenment, dude. Okay. Let me just say this real quick. I was meaning to say this earlier, but uh, as we mentioned, this is, uh, I guess it's sort of our second episode uh, in our metal month. We've been talking about some metal bands this month, and we're gonna to continue to do that. Uh, our next full length is gonna be Metallica's "Ride the Lightning," and. Uh, there is a another another podcast in our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network, called History in Five Songs, and he just did an episode on Metallica's um, production, like the history of their production. Oh, cool! Yeah, he picks 
five Metallica songs kind of from throughout their career and talked about like sort of the evolution of their production and stuff like that. So he talked about Ride the Lightning, the song, not the album, The Shortest Straw, Where the Wild Things Are, Invisible Kid, and Moth to Flame. Anyway, check that out. That's episode 15 of History in Five Songs. Um, it came out last week. But go check that out. And then uh, when we talk about Metallica, uh, you'll have a little bit of knowledge there on um, on the Ride the Lightning production that they did. Sweet. Anyway, um, you know, since this is Metal Month for us, might as well just keep it going and uh, go check out another another metal episode in our network. Okay, so what's your herds? I'm gonna go first, Q. Okay. So um, I found this this uh, this playlist on Spotify. Of I guess you can call it. It was a shoegaze playlist, but this band I wouldn't classify as shoegaze. But I guess like shoegaze and sort of drone drone rock. There's a lot of bands that fall under that umbrella. So this this band is called Sweet Trip, and they're from San Francisco. Um, and man, there's something about this record, dude. I played it all the way through uh, yesterday, and it's killer. Cool. It's called You Will Never Know Why. came out in 2009. Uh, the song that we're going to play is called Conservation of Two.
dude, I fucking love that. And this came out almost 10 years ago, my dude. And this is their latest album. What are they up to now? They may have disbanded, man. But anyway, um, I think my guess is that um, they're sort of thrown into shoegaze because of uh, her voice, you know, kind of has that that shoegaze vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's really nothing shoegazy about it. Uh, at least this record. I mean, they, this is like a, like you were saying, this is their their latest record. They came out with four records before that. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that was that was a band called Sweet Trip. Um, and I'm gonna tell you, dude, they they take you on a sweet trip, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, dude. I'm. I already I hit save. I've already got that album saved. Yeah, yeah, library, dude. dude. Let me tell you right now, dude. Listen. The next song, Air Supply, mm-hmm. Primo, Primo, dude. Primo, Primo. I just wanted to play that song because so, that you really got cool. The, you got that good, good. What? Sorry, nothing. Right. You don't, you've never heard that. You got that good, good. No, you've never heard that before. No, dude. Is that a marijuana reference? No, I don't know <laughs> what it is. All right, uh, it's my turn, bro. I'm, let me tell you what I've been listening to. So, um, we're big fans of Fleet Foxes. You know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that personally. You know that. I don't know if everyone that's listening to us knows that. Well, if you listen to our, our um, episode on helplessness blues, I think it came across because um, we were just gushing over Robin Pecknold and the rest of these guys the entire episode. Uh, yeah, I, I like to to watch live concerts all the way through if they're recorded really well and they're available to me on YouTube. Uh, and there's a really really great. Um, concert of Fleet Foxes. Uh, Pitchfork has a music festival now. First off, I didn't know that. Um, and, and they record these concerts and do the full sets, and they'll upload them on YouTube, and they do it with you know, really high quality. Um, like the sound and everything is just amazing. And, and they've got a concert of theirs from 2018, the full concert. It's uh, about an hour and a half long. And uh, they do a cover of a song by The Impressions uh, from an album called This Is My Country that came out in 1968. Um, I just think it's cool that at the end of this concert, they're like, all right, we're just going to play. We're going to play a cover here because they had this really great horns section that had traveled on that had traveled with him on this tour. So they're like, you know what? Let's take advantage of having this horn section here. We're going to play a cover of an impression song. Uh, This is called Fool For You. All right, since we're in Chicago, uh, since we have this great horn section with us, we're going to play a song by uh, our favorite artist, Curtis Mayfield. Destroying my mind, rounding up the toil and strife. But I'm a fool. 
fucking great dude i i love it man I, I i i love when when um you know when when a band can can play a cover and just make it their own you know sure sure yeah i mean if you don't if you don't know much about fleet foxes i think it is it is safe to say that like robin pecknold is one of the greatest vocalists to come out in the last few decades, dude, and, I, would, and I mean, you know he, he, he's probably even on on. Uh, he would make a like a top one hundred vocalist of all time list. I would think. I think so. Why easily. not, man? Dude, and and he's just he's you, just you got gotta, something to him. You gotta watch this this set, dude. It's I mean, you will fall in love with Flea Foxes all over again. Yeah, well, so we'll put we'll post a link to this this video on the show notes. All right, so uh, that'll do it for us this week. Um, I haven't decided yet. I haven't landed. I think I'd, I'm on the fence on what the sidetrack's going to be. I think I might I, I might just throw us a curveball and, and, and just pick another random metal band uh, just to keep it keep it uh, varied and, and different in our metal month here. All right. So what you, what you got for the outro, dude? Yes. Okay. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. So the <laughs> outro, um, I, I mentioned this a couple times. Uh, lead singer of Chemist is a giant uh judas priest fan and um uh coincidentally so is the producer of the chemist records who they sort of um refer to him as like the fifth member you know um his name is dave otero all right so we're going to close with um a song that he uh singled out specifically um this was on one of those uh, YouTube videos I was telling you about where he's sort of going through his record collection. Uh, so this song is called The Sentinel, and it is from Judas Priest's 1984 album Defenders of the Faith. And uh, that'll do it for us. My name is Travis. And my name is Gwen. All right, we'll talk to you all next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 